0: Countless kids are colorblind. In fact, one in 12 boys is colorblind. How does that affect his education and his life and what you need to know as parents and teachers? This is the On Boys Parenting podcast. We are your co-host, Jennifer L.W. Fink of BuildingBoys.net, and I'm Janet Allison of BoysAlive.com. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being our listeners. And listeners, when you support our sponsors, when you click on the link that we have in the show notes that we tell you about on the podcast, that shows our advertisers that you are listening and responding, we can keep bringing this podcast to you. So long story short, thank you always for supporting us and supporting our sponsors.
1: One out of every 12 boys is colorblind. I didn't know that until fairly recently, until Jessica Fleming, a fellow writer, mama for boys, and previous on boys guest, published a fantastic Washington Post story. Yes, the link will be in the show notes. <laughs> Countless kids are colorblind and don't know about it. And in her story, she pointed out something else that I'd never considered colorblindness can affect a child's education and their experiences in school. And that's when I said, we got to get around the podcast. So welcome back, Jessica. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to talk about this. All right, catch us up a little bit first. How old are your boys at this time?
2: Yeah, so I have four boys. Uh, my oldest is nine. Then I have a seven-year-old and I have twins that just turned five. So everybody is in school this year? Yeah, my twins are in pre-K, so I live in Georgia, so they're in Georgia pre-K, and they go to aftercare after that, but yeah, they're all in school. I'm from home, yeah. (laughs) Whole new stage of life, right? It it is. It's amazing. The last time I talked to you, my kids, gosh, it was a few years ago, and it is amazing. I feel like being able to even write an op-ed for the Washington Post is something that I was able to do because my kids are in school. I I do have a a full-time job, but just having that a little bit more freedom and flexibility in my day from where I was a few years ago has
1: made it possible to do so many things that I love. Parents of younger kids hold on to that hope. It it (laughs) shifts. Your responsibilities shift. And yes, all of them in school is a different kind of heart and there's different challenges. Mm -hmm. It gives you writing material as well, though, doesn't it, Jessica? Exactly. Absolutely. (laughs) So I think you and I talked um, just a little bit offline. The impetus for this story is one of your children. Is that right?
2: Exactly. Yeah. So my son, Everett, who's seven, he is in second grade. Um, Last May, they were in my office where I am right now. Uh, My kids, of course, it was a day they were home from school. I'm trying to work. Every parent will relate. I'm thinking they'll keep themselves entertained. No, they're
1: all around me. (laughs) Of course. Of (laughs) course. (laughs) To which every other parent goes, yeah, you thought they'd keep themselves entertained. Sure. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) So uh, I wanted to reorganize my bookshelf and I asked my two elementary age boys, oh, can you help me? Can you sort them by color? And then we'll put them on the bookshelf together, keep them busy.
1: And this seems like a genius project. Like you're getting (laughs) your thing done. They're sorting their, you know, sorting by color. (laughs) Boom, boom. All the tick marks. Exactly. So
2: I'm working at my computer. My son, his name's Ryder. He's nine um, in third grade. He says, mom, Everett doesn't know his colors, like just bewildered, kind of scratching his head, like showing me a book that was pink that Everett like didn't know what color it was, like where where to put it. And okay. he showed me a few. He's like, he doesn't know what color this is or what color this is. And I'm kind of scratching my head trying to understand because he's a second grader. He's been in school since nursery school. So it's sure. like, how does he not know his colors? Like what's going on here? Is he just messing with his brother? Like. Yeah, okay. exactly. So then I intervene, I'm asking about different colors and can see that he is genuinely confused and, and doesn't didn't know certain colors. And it, it tended to be colors that were like um more pastel and you know, mm-hmm. I just I was like, okay, what's going on here? I remembered that I have an uncle who's colorblind, and it just wasn't anything that was a big deal. It's something that came up in passing that his wife would have to just double check his outfits before he left the house or have the closet organized a certain way to help him. And just that little like light bulb moment of like, oh, wait, my uncle's colorblind. Could he be colorblind? I didn't know mm. much about being colorblind other than, oh, some people are colorblind. Didn't think it's a big deal at all. Yeah. I go to Google and Google and found a test and I gave him a test, took a couple of minutes and it said that he had a vision deficiency.
1: And then you're like, well wait a second. I've been living with this kid and taking care of this kid and saying things like go get the red truck and look at that pink shirt for his whole life and that's when you suddenly like you realize of course he doesn't know that he's not right. seeing things the same way you are because it's all he's ever
0: experienced. And then you think about this is has to do with clothing choices, but as a former educator, I know that many teachers love pastel colors in the classroom. And guess what? Your son can't see them or doesn't see them as they are expected to be perceived. I know a lot of teachers have um, whiteboards or chalkboards, some old school, and even sitting in the back of the classroom, some of those colors are hard to see. So you can imagine a seven-year-old who actually doesn't know he has colorblindness is wondering like, why can't I see that? Or why can't I do this work? Or feeling frustrated, which for boys we know leads to distraction and other ways of entertaining themselves.
2: Yeah, exactly. And it wasn't even just the pastel colors. Uh, That's what it was, what made me notice it. But then as we did the testing online and then at an ophthalmologist's office, he has red, green color deficiency and red and green basically look the same to him. So, uh, and he, I guess, could tell them, it still is it's so confusing and so interesting that how he does it at school and his teachers never notice. like he kind of learns what's red. Like for him, reds and greens, almost they both look like a khaki brown. A lot of the colors have this like khaki brown, tan look to them. So it might mm. be a very slightly different shade of khaki enough where he will know, okay, I think that's red or that's green, but it's very easy for him to mix up those colors or if they're one next to the other, The contrast isn't very high, so it's very hard to to tell them apart. So it is pretty subtle. And yes, there's that mom guilt a little bit of like, how did I not know this? Like, where have I been not knowing this? But looking into this and and for writing that op-ed and just research in general, most people don't find out until they're at least in seventh grade. And many, many people don't find out until they're adults that they're colorblind. And that's why the testing is so important. And many people that discover they're colorblind, they have all these moments after they go, oh my gosh, that's why I didn't like art when I was in school. That's why I used to go out of bounds on the field. I didn't see the line. Like that, Like all of a sudden wow. there's this relief, like, oh, that's why people made fun of me when I colored something this way. And they never understood it before.
1: You know, that is so interesting. I have seen and and readers, we're going to put some links to um, like some online tests, which are not necessarily definitive, but a starting place into some things where you can like kind of see like if a person has red, green colorblindness, which I believe is one of the most common types. Is that right, Jessica? Exactly. Yep. There's three types of colorblindness. What my son has is
2: red, green colorblindness. It's called like color colorblindness. Then there's another one, protan, where some other colors get confused. That's a little bit less common. And then another one, which many people might think hearing the term colorblind is that you see the world in black and white. That is in fact a condition. There are people that see that way. It's very, very rare, okay. um, but that's
1: the third type of colorblindness. So there's three different types. It's interesting. So you may, you know, for, for those of us who aren't colorblind, red and green are starkly different colors. This is why They have kind of been universally agreed upon as symbols. Red, stop, green, go. And I know that on our stoplights, we also put them in different locations, which I'm sure is a helpful cue. But for a kid who is uh, red, green, colorblind, doesn't know it, you know, you said there's not a huge difference between how he perceives these colors. So certainly he learns okay, this is red, because that's what people are calling it. And this is green, because that's what people are calling it. But it's not a a sharp difference. So yeah, that sets him up for all kinds of challenges.
2: Yeah, exactly. That's why when even when I went to the ophthalmologist, and the ophthalmologist told me, oh, it's not going to affect his quality of life. It's so common. And um, she laughed about the outfit he was wearing. He was wearing a neon orange like Under Armour outfit that had like a baseball with like red flame, you know, orange flames around it. And she said, oh, this is the outfit of a colorblind person. They love things that are really saturated and rich because so many colors are really muted. So we kind of laugh about that. Yeah, she said, oh, he's going to have some strange outfit choices and left it at that. And from and I just thought, okay, it's another unique aspect that makes him who he is. And like laughed at like, okay, I've been a mom for like nine years and they're always surprising me. You. you never know what you're going to find, you know, just like that. And it really wasn't until my so Everett's in second grade, his older brothers in third grade. Some of the third grade homework that I'm working on with him at night, they have to take their vocabulary words and sort the syllables. So the like first syllable has to be in red, or the um, gosh consonant blend underline that in green. And doing that with him, I said, "Oh my gosh, Everett's going to be yeah. in trouble next year." Like if, and thank goodness, I know this because I can talk to his teacher. But if we didn't know about this like he's going to be, it's already confusing. My son, who's not colorblind needs me to help him and right. explain this to him. So I can't even imagine how Everett's going to do it. And then learning that it's so common, like one in 12 boys, one in 200 girls, which is still common, uh, relatively common is like, wow, we need to, I, I just wanted to spread the word about it. Definitely. But mm-hmm. his teachers know and Just be telling people about it because it's nothing that had ever crossed my mind before.
1: Because statistically speaking, in every classroom, there's probably one, maybe two or more Mm -hmm. boys, children who are colorblind. And Janet, I have to ask, you know, you um, worked in early elementary education. Was this something that you learned about, talked about, thought about?
0: Never, never, no. No. And I want to also talk about different things with the eye as we move further into our conversation, because we looked at eye tracking and figure ground differentiation, those kinds of things developmentally. If your eyes can't track, you can't read. But also, you know, add in color blindness, too. That's going to be an extra layer. And so you said that some states actually test for colorblindness, but probably I'm guessing many don't?
2: Exactly. So there's only 11 states test for colorblindness. 41 of the 50 states do vision screenings, like an annual vision screening at school, which is wonderful. But only 11 do colorblindness testing. And the reason that's so upsetting to me is because the test is so simple. (laughs) When I went to the, when I did, I did it at home on the computer and it it told me that he had a red, green color deficiency. Then I went to the ophthalmologist and it's this old bound book (laughs) that they took out and you just flip through it. And it's called the Ishihara test for colorblindness. And just to explain what it is, there's these like circular these like circular symbols that have a bunch of different colored dots like a bunch of red dots and then there's a bunch of green dots in the center that would make the number six or make a certain shape mm-hmm. and a person mm-hmm. like myself can see the shape very clearly someone like Everett or someone who's colorblind certain um, images they're going to stumble on or they just don't see them at all so it all it is is flipping through this book a person who's not colorblind it would take less than a minute because you just go boop 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 and you're done it takes a little longer, a couple of minutes, because the person who is colorblind is stumbling or saying, oh, I, I'm trying to see it. I can't see it. Sure. So seeing that test and how easy it is, it's like, oh, my goodness, like, I'll buy these yeah. books for the school. Like, how are we not like doing this? You only need a few to test everybody. So that's what's upsetting. And even the schools that do test those 11, some of them only test boys, which, OK, it's great because it's so common in boys, right. but one in 200 girls my kid's elementary school it's like 600 kids there could be three girls in that school that mm-hmm. don't know they're colorblind it never occurred to them like just test everybody so there's really no like uniformity with testing
1: out of that's- all of the you know many many variations in um human experience human health human well-being right this is a completely non-invasive test boom that's that's a thing in its favor um extremely easy to administer. Like you don't need any special like diagnostic skills to interpret the results. It's not like you're looking at um, a CT scan image trying to figure out what's going on. And this does have dramatic quality of life and learning things. So you're right. It seems like, come on, this is talk about low hanging fruit, cheap, easy, non-invasive.
0: This seems, uh, this is reminding me of our conversation with Gemma Gaudette about how moms must advocate for their voice. And this is another area where, I'm sorry, moms, but, you know. Dads too, let's not let dads off the hook. Absolutely, dads. But it's another place of awareness. Thank you, Jessica. The ease of it is kind of ridiculous, right? It's just so easy. So... (laughs) What would be I mean, given that we as
1: parents, you know, we can't rely upon like the school is going to test for this, like there's not a baseline. Everybody's tested so I can relax. What might be some signs maybe that would indicate I, I should really look for this a little more? Or maybe the flip side is as parents, just go to a website and at least do a basic screening with your kid to just know. Exactly. I think that's
2: probably what I would recommend is just doing the screening because it's quick. My kids, my other boys took it because it was fun. Like I, I kept having Everett do it because I was like, oh, I want to know what type of colorblindness he had. And, you know, he did it a few different types of tests. I wanted to see if they were all the same, the results were the same. And so my other boys were like, I want to do that too, because they thought it was like a game. We did it on our computer. Sure. And yeah. <laughs> and they have ones, the standard one that most most of the time, if you look one up online, you'll find them with the numbers. But for kids like my five-year-olds who just turned five, they could do ones with shapes if they're not that great with their numbers. They have just like triangle, circle, square. So it's like easy. Um, so I'd recommend taking a test. The one that's really great is by a company called Enchroma, dot acom Enchroma. Okay. They make color vision glasses. And um, it's a great company because they are big advocates for just spreading awareness about colorblindness. And they have a test that tells you not only if you're colorblind, but what type you have. So I think that's a great place to start. Okay. And I really, that's what I would recommend um, because it's just so prevalent and so common. But I do think that you might notice, I think just kind of perking up if your kid is confused by different colors. If your kid is not into art, I didn't have that problem with Everett, but overwhelmingly, many people I've interviewed, parents, people who are colorblind said they, their children do not like art That or there's just confusion with art. They don't like looking at it. They don't like making it. And that could a sign that there could be some colorblindness potentially so kind of looking for those things but the test is so simple and easy that i would just look one up and give it to a child
0: doing that online test in chroma is recommended and find out what jen's big revelation is after these messages from our sponsor as mother's day is coming around i find i'm missing my mom more and more And there's always questions and stories I wish I had asked her when she was still here. I do remember that I gave her a book once upon a time with questions for her to write the answers to. And bless her heart, she didn't answer very many. So that was really a disappointment. But fast forward to now and technology, and now we have mylifeinabook.com. It takes all those questions and stories and it puts it in a format that is sent to your person, whoever you designate, on a regular basis so that the prompts come, they're easily answered, either written or voice to text. And they're captured by mylifeinabook.com. These family stories, this legacy that you want to leave for your children and your grandchildren. mylifeinabook.com, create an unforgettable gift for your mom, your dad, your children this Mother's Day. Use our coupon code ONBOYS for 10% off. Go to mylifeinabook.com. And use On Boys for 10% off. Create that legacy. Carry on those stories. One of the most
1: challenging things about being a woman at midlife is realizing how little people understand about perimenopause and menopause, Janet. Winona is a collection of OBGYN health professionals who believe that your symptoms are important, real, and deserve to be taken seriously. It's telehealth, you can access care
0: from your home when it is convenient for you. Visit bywinona.com today to start your free visit.
1: Janet, do you know what I'm thinking about right now? She just said, you know, if your kid doesn't like art, now I'm like, wait a second.
0: What? Art was
1: like Sam's massive pain point all the way through elementary and middle school, as long as they made him take it. The child is a couple weeks shy of being 20. And now I feel like I got to make sure I give him this test. (laughs) And I'm going to be like, you got to be kidding me. That would be kind of funny and just very illustrative of our whole point. <laughs> I mean, Sam, I Listeners, I'm going to do this and check the show notes to find out if Sam is or is not colorblind. I'm
0: Ooh, fascinating. Probably not because like he works with wires and colors in the shop, but who knows? Who knows? I'm thinking of a second grader that I had many, many, many years ago. The entire year, he only drew with brown brown color pencil, brown marker. I would just be so interested to think, hmm, maybe he was colorblind. Fascinating. I should track him down. He's an adult now. But anyway, so it's, it is it is those places. And I also want to call attention to Jessica that you, you had that little inkling of your uncle with colorblindness. Like that was kind of family lore. And so for people that have that like stories about that. Oh, perk up, pay a little more attention because it is genetic, right? Is it?
2: Exactly. And that's the other area where I think people get tripped up is because it's actually not passed from father to son. It's passed from the mother's, the mother's line. So um, another reason that many people that I've talked to or read about found out they're colorblind in genetics class when they're like in high school or in college, because it's something that comes up all the time, as it's a very there's it's very interesting the way that it's passed down. And because women have two X it basically is on the X chromosome. So women have two X chromosomes. Sure um, men have an X and a Y. So they, if they have it on their X chromosome that they inherit from their mother, they're colorblind. Whereas a woman has to have it on both of her X chromosomes. So that's why it's more common in men. Ah. So it's also confusing because you might think, Oh, like a a father might say, Oh, I'm colorblind. Maybe my son is, whereas a mom, a woman herself, if she's not colorblind, where it's much less common, it's not something that we're thinking about. Right. And it wasn't my dad that's colorblind. It's my uncle. And it's so it, it is very interesting the way that's passed on. And that is how people often find out is that a lot of times in schools, they'll do a test for colorblindness as a part of a genetics lesson. And then there are oh. kids in the class to find out they're colorblind
1: in high school.
2: Yeah, exactly. In yeah. high
1: school. Yes. So now that you know this about your son and, and also I want to go back just for a second I love that you trusted your intuition and your observations, because when you were at the ophthalmologist, they reassured you, hey, you know, this is not really a thing that's going to affect his life. And frankly, I think that's how most of us think of colorblindness. Like out of all the things, this is, it's a blip, you know? Yeah, you can have somebody else check your clothes, you wear some things, whatever, who cares? Your intuition is like, hmm. And then you saw what your son was doing. You're like, no, I think this can this can affect his life in some very real ways. Talk about what that process has been like in terms of um, communicating with his um, teachers, others who work with him, and what kinds of accommodations can help children with colorblindness?
2: So as soon as you find out, if you find out you have a child who's colorblind, I would tell the teacher right away because I just wanted to let the teacher know, like, hey, this is a potential issue and let them know that there are some strategies that they can use. And so there's quite a few things that can be done. And that's the other element of colorblindness is that not only is the test easy, but any accommodations are so easy. Again, it's nothing that's super invasive. It's, there are just basic things that you can do. So some of them, like you mentioned, the chalkboard. um, Now, a lot of times they're using whiteboards or even smart boards. And Mm -hmm. this is actually another area where It's different because maybe when I was growing up, there's a chalkboard in the classroom. Most of the time they use white on the black chalkboard. That's easy for a person who has any type of colorblindness to see. Yeah. Now, when you go to their school, there's this electronic smart board that has like tons of different colors. So it can make it interesting for kids that like color and use color in their learning, but it can make it really confusing for a child who's colorblind. Yes. And the doctor that I spoke to talked about how when she was in medical school, she's like, oh, all the textbooks, she's about in her 40s or 50s, textbooks were in black and white when you were learning about all this stuff. She said, now her son, who's colorblind, is in college. His textbooks are all in color. So it's like there's a whole generational gap here, too, where people that learned that may have been colorblind and they're learning, they're adults. It wasn't a big impact on their life necessarily. That's really and now, interesting. Yeah, color is coming in more and more into play.
1: So there may be, like, we don't fully understand how much this can affect learning, because for generations, learning was very much a black and white, literally a black and white endeavor. And now, you know, color, it seems like it enhances things, and it absolutely can. But I flash to, uh, so often in school, you know, you're looking at these uh, pie charts, using pie charts to represent Mm -hmm. something. Mm -hmm. Well, if these colors are similar to me, or I'm having a hard time discriminating colors, it's going to look like i don't understand how to read the chart or i don't know how to represent data or but that's not the issue at all
2: yeah so i'll tell you a few of the things that the teachers can do but one thing that stuck out to me and that like just shocked me and like scared me was that there's a, a mom a doctor and a mom in roanoke virginia um, her name's dr elizabeth martin she found out her son was colorblind. And she also, like, very similar to myself, realized the test, like, tests is easy. This is so common. We should do something. And they, she had her whole school district in Virginia, Institute Colorblindness testing. They found out what you would expect to find out, that 4% of the school was colorblind or 4% of the the county. And the uh, thing that was so scary is that a large percentage of those kids were in special ed classes. Uh-huh. And it definitely just kind of raises the hairs on your arm, like, oh my goodness, maybe they're special ed because they need those special, there are other reasons. And that's why, just like maybe your son is not colorblind and he just doesn't like art, like very possible. possible. Yeah. But, but is there, were they looking at, yeah, pie charts and bar, like teachers yeah. may be trying to get information to them and it's not sinking in and they're thinking that there is a developmental problem here instead of that they're colorblind. So that's why I think the testing is so important and just like being aware as a mother that this is something that could affect their learning is important.
1: So um, a takeaway, a big takeaway for me is, you know, parents, teachers, um, definitely if you have a kid who's struggling in school, who's struggling to understand, who's in special ed, definitely get that kid checked at -hmm. the very least, because again, this is a very simple, easy screening with Simple strategies that you can use to adapt and help this child. Let's talk about some of those strategies.
2: Exactly. So one of the things that the teacher does when they print stuff out, instead of printing things in color, the teacher's now for Everett's class printing things mostly in black and white, uh, as long as if color isn't really an important part of the lesson and it's just reading or writing. And
1: Which so schools not- are going to love anyway, because black and white ink is cheaper than the
2: colored <laughs> ink. <laughs> Exactly right there. So and then making sure it has like a high contrast, because that's another area where it's like, even I'll look at a children's book, and you'll flip through and maybe it's like white writing white and pink actually look very similar to people who are colorblind. And so there might be like white writing on like an image of a sunset that's like pink. And it's like, you can't even see that. So like the contrast Mm. of having like a dark color and a light color or black and white really makes a difference. So printing stuff out, like that's a very basic one. Um, even those like color coded maps of the United States, and, and yeah. that you see, and it's like so easy to see the borders and stuff. There are ways to again just print that like in black and white it has the names on um, of each state. The if there's um, art supplies having the names on there, so they're not trying to figure out oh where's the red crayon if I have to color yeah. it, just making sure that it's that it's labeled. Many times, charts and if the teacher is creating a chart herself or a bar graph or something, that can be done using like a pattern image instead of just color. Instead of it just being like a solid uh, chunk of red, it could uh, be red with like little hearts or something, so that it's like okay. So like, like a crosshatched, almost a plaid pattern versus a polka dot pattern. Exactly. So then okay. that's something that pretty much everybody can understand. So those are some things if the teacher is creating the materials herself um there are color vision glasses like I mentioned from this company in chroma and those are some things we have those for Everett and Everett's not used to wearing glasses so he doesn't want to wear them all the time because his vision is fine otherwise and we're
1: talking about a seven year old boy who uh they're not renowned for remembering things as a parent you're like do I want you even wearing these all the time you're gonna break them Exactly. Yeah. So he
2: has them and I've let his teacher know that he has them because if there's times where there's a textbook, obviously the teacher's not making the whatever's learned about in there and whatever visuals they have, she can say, Everett, hey, I think you should see this. Like, can you put your glasses on to look at this? Or if he was taking a test that involved color, that would be good for him to use the glasses. And um, like they have a lot of videos, this company in Chroma, and it's like, it will make you cry people putting the glasses on and just like Mm -hmm. looking around and just like seeing the world more vividly. And well, there are times when we're going someplace where we're like, oh, we're going to a football game where there's going to be beautiful, vibrant colors. Like, let's bring these glasses, Everett, so you can, like, look at this, you know? Stay tuned
0: for Everett's response to putting on his color blindness glasses after these messages from our sponsors. This episode is sponsored by By Heart. Babies need to eat.
1: And whether you breastfeed or bottle feed, use formula, combine all of the above, you need options. We wanted to let you know about ByHeart Baby Formula. Byheart has a patented protein blend that gets the closest to breast milk. It includes two of the most abundant proteins in breast milk, and ByHeart actually ran a clinical trial comparing their formula to a leading infant formula and proved that babies on Biheart have softer poops, less spit-up, and easier digestion. Byheart is also the only US-made infant formula to use organic grass-fed whole milk. So if you need baby formula for your baby, consider Byheart. New customers can get 10% off your first order by using code ONBOYS at byheart.com. That's b y h e a r t.com/podcast and it is 10% off your first order. byheart.com/podcast This is a limited time offer and additional terms and conditions may apply. We all know that vitamins can help fill nutritional gaps in our diet, but a lot of us don't like to take vitamins because we don't like swallowing pills. How do you feel
0: about that, Janet? There's some days that I look at my vitamins and go, yeah, I should take those. I'll do it later. But I'll tell you what's changed. I have gotten Easy Melt vitamins. I have the D3 and I have the B12s and a multivitamin. And I just pop them in my mouth and they dissolve. And I don't have to think about swallowing a vitamin.
1: And you don't necessarily need water either to have on hand to get this big vitamin now. Yeah,
0: no. And they taste good. And they're sugar-free they melt quickly the reason they melt is because of plants not chemicals
1: ah plant based nutrition for a limited time only you can receive a free free 3 month supply of easy melts vitamin d3 with your first purchase to claim your free d3 visit try.easymelts.com/onboys that's Try t r y dot easy melts, dot com forward slash on boys. Boys get dirty in the summer. When my guys were little, they spent so much time in the sandbox, in the dirt, that the bathwater was visibly filthy by the end of bath time. I imagine that Bo will be spending some time outside this summer.
0: Well, I'm remembering just yesterday what he looked like at the end of the day in Oma's garden. Because his hair was greasy and just wild and he was definitely ready for the bath. And I love about Dabble and Dollop, especially because I have Bo and he's two, is their bubble bath. I know when I put those bubbles in his bath, he's going to be in there for a long time, which is great. And the bubbles are going to last.
1: Dabble and Dollop bath products are made with high quality, natural ingredients. And as you said, there's everything from bubble bath to bath time shampoos, body washes, conditioner, lotion, bath bombs. We're using some Dabble and Dollop
0: um, hand soap right now. I love the scent. I love it for myself. I'm using the coconut moisturizer. I love it. It feels great on my skin. So for kids and adults, Dabble and Dollop. You can go to Dabble and Dollop's website.
1: That's dabblebath.com slash onboys. And you can get 20% off your first order. That's dabblebath, dabblebat com slash Envoys and get 20% off for being a listener of Envoys.
0: And what's that, his experience? I'm so curious. What's yeah, his, when, what was his experience when he put them on the first time?
1: Yeah, he
2: he was just like, wow, like his face, you saw his cheeks, just that like big smile of these like big, like his cheeks just looked so happy. Like he was just going, oh my goodness, look at this and look at this and pointing at things. <sighs> and we had all these like different colored balloons when he came home from school and we gave him the glasses as a surprise. And you could just see on his face this look of like, Wow. Oh, wow. Like that was the way to describe it. And there, there is something that is a really cool tool also called the chromatic vision simulator. It's a free app. I can look it up in the app store. And that's for me, I will say the good thing about colorblindness is that again, it, if you, there are many simple things that can be done. So it's not affecting a person's quality of life. They can still do so many different jobs and live out their dreams and have a wonderful life. But when I looked at that app and like looked around our house and looked in our garden, um, looked outside, that just kind of made tears well in my eyes. Because I was like, oh my gosh, for all these years, like he's seven years old, like all this time, like when I've said, oh, look at this beautiful sunset or like, look at this. Like he, see, I saw the way he sees in this like wow. muddy, tacky world <laughs> with wow. a couple of colors that are vivid, like to him, and blues and yellows stand out a lot. But that was a little bit, that was just a little sad to me. The good thing is that in his perspective, that's all he knows. And even yeah, seeing yeah. the world in the with the glasses, he still was like, wow, this is so cool. But he the, he didn't feel like he was missing anything, which was something I worried about. Like, oh gosh, once mm-hmm. to put it? give in these yeah. glasses and take it away, what's going to happen? And for him, it's just more like, wow, this is this is so cool. And like, it's just like another, an added element, which I think is great.
1: Having this experience now where you've learned all this and then um you've gotten a chance to use technology to get a feel for how he sees and experiences, you know, your world. And now I, I'm sure you're looking at your household with, with different eyes. Are there some adaptations that you've made at home just from a, you know, this might make this a more pleasant or easier living environment for Everett?
2: there fortunately there haven't been too many things that I've needed to change, but I do find myself asking him a lot more, like we'll be reading a book and he's not interested. And I'm like, Hey, can you, can you see these words very clearly? And sometimes it's, he, he's like, Oh yeah, no, it's fine. And I said, okay. I thought maybe like he couldn't fully see something or if we're doing some homework or something, I I kind of just check with him to make sure if I see that there's a struggle, I just make sure that it's not related to the colorblindness. I will say that it even affects like beyond school like even with at school when we talked about adaptations, talking to like letting the gym teacher know is important because even like they get different colored jerseys uh, and maybe in class. And another thing that was interesting, he was on a soccer team and the field, the lines on the field are red on the grass. And Mm -hmm. then I said, Everett, like my husband, I go, oh my gosh, I wonder if Everett can see those lines. We said, Everett, can you see the, what color is the line? And he said, what line?
1: Right. I mean, (laughs) red, green, colorblind, you put a red line on green grass, the kid doesn't have a chance. Exactly. So, I mean, then I I haven't figured out
2: what to do about that per se. That's our county, like the fields, but it was interesting to just know and be like, okay, like this is, the field and it's just amazing how many areas like I just opened my eyes to how many different areas it could affect and then even to talk about like food um I've heard about picky eating that kids like you know how it's like oh give them colorful different foods of a rainbow like a fruit salad looks so good to a kid all the different colors like for someone like Everett like It doesn't look that different. And even as they grow older, they might not, if they're cooking meat, not be able to tell is the meat fully done, not done. Like there's so many different areas that impacts your life.
1: Yeah. Like (laughs) if you're cooking steak, right? You know, red, super red versus brown. uh, Yeah.
0: Or broccoli. Imagine like, do you want to eat brown broccoli?
1: Exactly. It Hmm. looks like a khaki color. Yeah. 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 Brownish khaki. Yeah. Wow. You know, I just realized that I actually do know a chef who is colorblind. I should ask these questions. And this it, you know, to go along with this broader point, this um was a boy that I knew most of his whole life, you know, who's friends with my kids, played 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 um, you know, kids grow up. Um we did lots of activities as families together and I think he was in high school when they discovered he was colorblind and then I I'm picturing the video of him trying on glasses for the first time. You know, his mom has always had beautiful flowers and garden outside and his experience of it was very different from our experience of it.
2: Yeah. Wow. That's so interesting. Yeah. What are you
1: thinking, Jan? I'm
0: thinking about video games too. Our oh, boys wow. love video games. I don't that's know. It's just fascinating. I love that you have this app that you can look through and experience that's amazing yeah
2: Yeah. to to speak about schools like that using that app also even made me realize like the red pen using my my son's homework again because red is this like brownish color and my son is doing homework in his math homework in pencil and then looking through the app i'm like oh my goodness the teacher's like marking x's in red and writing the right answer, maybe how to get to the right answer. And when I look through the app, I'm like, I can't tell what he wrote and what she wrote. So like, that's another reason it's important to like tell the teacher, like maybe you should use a blue pen when you're correcting his work. And just one last note about schools, um, a 504 plan is something that you can get um, for a child that has any type of like learning disability, any type of, any type of disability. And you can get one for colorblindness as well. And mm. I think that is a good potential strategy because unlike emailing the teacher every single year, which I'm sure you'll want to do anyway and still talk to the teacher, but that's something that they do have to review at the beginning of the year. And it's just helpful where it's like automatically mm-hmm. when they get yeah. their roster, they see, okay, he has a 504 plan. Oh, he's colorblind. And that at least is there. So I think that is something that's yeah. important to them.
1: You mentioned um uh, another mom, I think it was this Dr. Elizabeth Martin, and she advocated within, it sounded like her school district, like, listen, yeah. I can't change the whole state, at least not right now, but come on, school district, testing for this. Um, I, I don't know if this is something you've had a chance to explore or not, but uh, it sounds like there's a lot of potential here for parents to kind of be movers and shakers and and get schools at least going on this. What do you think? I absolutely,
2: I think this Dr. Elizabeth Martin is like my hero. And I, fortunately, she found a willing audience. I think when she reached out, she said to the superintendent, and the superintendent was like, I'm colorblind. You're right. Like we should <sighs> test for this. I have emailed at uh, my school and the school nurse is wonderful. And I'm like, what can we do? And it's kind of going up the chain of command. And it's not really because it's not mandated. And it feels like one more thing to do on schools that already have so much to do. It's hard as many times as we say, it's so easy, it's cheap, it will help. So it is something that I am working on in my own school district because I would like to see this happen and I would like to see these changes made. Mm -hmm. And even for teachers, like I don't want to add more to their plate at all. And they already have so much that they have to do. But I think just a very simple, like even a one hour seminar on colorblindness, how common it is, signs to look out for, and like some easy strategies would be something that could really benefit a lot of teachers. And like we Mm -hmm. say, knowledge is power. The knowledge of knowing you're colorblind or knowing how to relate to someone who's colorblind, I think would just make a huge difference
0: for for everybody involved. Yeah. Yeah. And teachers have to do um, continuing ed, you know, they have professional development at the beginning of the year. This is like an easy thing to slide in there. I also can imagine, you know, a parent could come into a classroom and pull the kids out and do the little test. And you just have that a little more strategic target of, oh, let's double check, go deeper with these kids. And, And it's nice to know that you're not too
2: exactly and even if you are colorblind it's not like if you get at home um let's say at school you get tested it's not like okay this is a definitive anything definitive it's like okay just like when my kids have a vision screenings at school we get a note saying that okay they passed it or "Mm, you might want to take them to the eye doctor it's it's the same thing Mm -hmm. yeah it's just like okay "Mm, we found this information's a little concerning you might want to look into it Mm -hmm. so that would be really helpful
0: I mean, it affects reading, it affects self-esteem, all of those things. And I do think that mentioning too, I said this before about eye tracking, so important. You know, we think of like the vision test, you go to the eye doctor, like you're talking about, oh, the big E and then the letters down the chart. That's only one aspect of our eyes helping us learn, helping us be in the world and, um, the tracking is super important. They find that, you know, a lot of kids that are in special ed have, quote unquote, ADHD. A lot of it tracks back to their eyes and it's tiring to read. If you cannot track left to right and you're being asked to read, it's exhausting or you're being asked to read something that is is not in your color field, it's exhausting They're drowsy, they're overactive, all the things that can point to, oh, this child is inattentive. Let's get him tested for ADHD. So the eye piece is, you know, if we can start there or at least have that up at the top of the list, we can check off some things. Oh, it's not that. Oh, wait a minute. He can't track. I tutored a, a young boy for years who could not track left to right, just absolutely couldn't. How is he possibly going to be able to read? Can't do it. And there's, you know, there's developmental ophthalmologists that can do the exercises and it's, it's absolutely remediated, but it's so important to know that. And it's not common, like, you know, you don't learn about this when you're taking your baby home from the hospital.
2: I like what you said about even disruptions, because that's another thing that I've heard is that, yeah, if you're not seeing what's on the board or what is making everybody else like interested and engaged, you're more likely to start talking to the person next to you or to be bored or to cause that disruption and be that yes. troublesome child. So uh, it's another reason why it is important to, to, to know about that. And it could keep kids more engaged and more interested if they are actually know what they're seeing. And that, that does remind me of another point that many times, like even in my kid's school, they're like, okay, well we can, we should work out with Everett on advocating for himself. And at first I thought, oh, that's a great idea. He should, we do have to teach him how to advocate for himself. And I think it is good to know that you're colorblind and know what colors are good for you to see, like Everett, it's blue and yellow, but it's also a lot of times in your colorblind, you're missing things. You're not seeing the teacher's red mark and pen. You're not seeing it's like the test. You're not seeing the number six like on that plate. So it's hard to advocate for yourself. And that's why it is more important for teachers or parents to know because they really can't. They're they're missing something. So they they don't know unless everybody else is ooing and eyeing around them and they're like, what am I not seeing? They they don't know they're missing something. So that's why it is more important for like the adults to be the ones that are educated about the issue
1: i love this i'm so glad that you wrote that article jessica um that you brought it to the attention of so many people and i'm hoping this amplifies it because so often when we talk about raising boys and nurturing boys like there are a lot of big very complicated issues that do not have easy answers this one is easy this is easy to screen for you can um, remediate you can make adaptations you can make interventions I love being able to present this kind of really useful, actionable info to parents and educators to really make a positive difference in the lives of boys.
2: Well, thank you. Yeah, I think, thank you very much. I really appreciate that. And I will say that it's not something, there are a lot of it can be a positive thing because you're helping your child to learn better. And even for Everett, I have to, I try to be careful to not be like, oh, he's colorblind. It's, you know, yeah. he can feel different or other. And the way we've talked about it at home is like, oh, you have really unique vision. You see the world differently. And there are a couple of positives, like um, apparently, or this is true, like um, where the rest of us can't see camouflage, like camouflage would blend in. Um, people are colorblind. They can make out <laughs> a person wearing camouflage very easily. And I had told Everett that. And being a little boy, he, I overheard him telling a friend. He goes, "Well, I have like a superpower. Camouflage doesn't do anything for me. I could see it." And I thought, "I love it he's like thinks that's cool." And there's a lot of celebrities too that are colorblind. Like Tiger Woods is colorblind. Prince William, Howie Mandel, Mr. Rogers, uh, Mark Zuckerberg. So there's a lot of athletes too. So it's like. It, I think there's a way to frame it for boys and for mm-hmm. anybody in general. Like, okay, it's it's going to be okay, <laughs> and that there is like there is a way to be positive about it.
1: I'm never going to look at Mr. Rogers in his red sweater <laughs> the same way again. He <laughs> didn't see himself in a red sweater like I do. Yeah, that's so true.
0: Jessica, you are changing lives with this simple information. And revealing, let's just say, we can see, now we can see that number six in that colorblind (laughs) test, um, even if we can't. So parents, listeners, I just encourage you to take this up, pay attention to this, advocate for maybe not your child, but for that other child in the classroom who's struggling, for that neighbor down the street. This is so easy. And of course, Jen's going to put all the links and the test in the show notes so that parents can go right to that and, um, and tell your teachers because teachers don't know this. Yeah,
1: this is a great episode. I am not just saying this because we want more listeners for the podcast, but share this episode with other parents of boys. Share this episode with educators because this is easy, it's simple, and it can change the lives of boys for the
0: better. Jessica, and thank you to Everett. Thank you to you being brilliant to have your boys uh, putting books in color order on that day last last spring because you've just opened this whole world to the rest of us. So thank you so much for paying attention and writing that op-ed.
2: Thank you for having me and letting me like share this and, and talk to you about it. I really appreciate it.
0: Okay, dear listeners, as Jen said, Share this episode. Share it with your school administration, with your teachers. As I said, teachers don't know about this. And go online, do that test. Everybody in the family can do the test. And let's change some lives. Let's find out if you or your child are colorblind, and then you can start making the appropriate changes. This is the On Boys Parenting podcast. We are your co-host, Jennifer L.W. Fink of buildingboys.net, and I'm Janet Allison of boysalive.com. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being our listeners. And you know, it's super important that you support our sponsors so that they continue to support us. It's a win-win. Thank you.